Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Welcome to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia. Good to see you guys out there in TV land and in radio land as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Miss. You can follow Joe on Twitter, of course. Follow us as well uh, on our new radio YouTube channel. We're converted over from what used to be FNTSY Radio. Or of course, uh, you and I hosted on that last year. We are now Sports Grid Radio as well. So, uh, yeah, we got a lot going on here. We debuted on Roku. I know we have our own. Uh, essentially our own channel there on Roku as well. Sports Grid just making a lot of moves. Absolutely. And the Roku thing's a big deal there because there are a lot of people who are already comfortable with their Rokus. They've been out for a long time. So I think whenever you get a network onto a device that people are already familiar with, you know, they don't do the TV in their apps, you know, especially some people who are maybe over the age of 40 or, you know, want some sports stuff, but they don't want to go to ESPN or some of the other places. But you can get us here and talk a little fantasy and some wagering, some other stuff, and you can get it right on your TV in your living room. And it's easy. Well, I think people are going to watch it. So uh, a lot of big things going on here. And it's a very exciting time to be part of the network. I know I'm excited and I don't usually get this excited this early in the morning. But uh, here we are. Look at us. Sports Grid Radio, Sports Grid on Roku. We're going to be like, uh, you know, like in Spaceballs, where it's like, you know, Spaceballs, the video game, Spaceballs, the lunchbox. I expect to see a Craig Mish lunchbox any day now coming out. Do they still make lunchboxes? Uh, they don't make lunchboxes. Like really. the tin I think, ones? I don't think they do. I think what they do is they make that, uh, they're all these vinyl things now, and you they got the Velcro, and they've got like a thing where you can put the cold pack in so your lunch stays nice and cool. We didn't have that. We had the tin box, and it was hot as hell, and you got your lunch, and it was 1,000 degrees in the summer, and you ate it anyway. That's what you did. What was your lunchbox growing up as a kid, by the way, Craig? Oh, man, great question. Um I may have had a Smurfs one. I feel like I had a Smurfs lunchbox. Really? That's very adorable. That was either not I had saying. one or my kids had one, but I can't remember. <laughs> That's kind of weird that you I think remember. I should have had a baseball one of some kind. Well, so. I remember I had a He-Man Masters of the Universe one. That was the old school tin, and then I remember transitioning to the red plastic Transformers. And then after that, it was brown bags. And then it was like, yeah, I can't take a lunchbox anymore. You're not cool. Let's take a brown bag. So I guess I succumbed to the pressure. Yeah. All right. Over to sports we go, uh, as usual. And we start off with UFC uh, starting up again on July the 11th. And essentially the deal that Dana White says, Joe, is something that we could all dream about, which is essentially having uh, your own island, Fight Island, for UFC in Abu Dhabi, the 11th, the 15th, the 18th, and the 25th. They are going to have four different fights. And wow, like what a dream come true it must be. Like, I mean, I got to tell you, I give uh, Dana White and the UFC a lot of credit because they figure out ways to get things done. And I, and I got to tell you that it would not surprise me at all to see the NFL playing on Abu Dhabi, too, if it came, no. if it came down to it. Build a big field, have everybody go there, <laughs> just play out the season. I mean, that's, that, that could happen. It sounds like something straight out of Looney Tunes. Speaking of lunchboxes, how about, like, doesn't this sound like something like Bugs Bunny would have said? You know, well, we got a fight island in Abu Dhabi. I mean, it just sounds sounds ridiculous, but give it to UFC, man. They always find a way to get the job done. That is a, it's an incredible thing. Their business model, the growth of their business model, when you go back 25 years ago, I remember watching the very early UFC stuff when it first came out in the 90s, and I remember – but there were no rules and hardly any gloves or anything like that that you were. And I remember the Oleg Toktarovs of the world and the Hoist Gracies of the world. And and right. really, you would see these matches that would either end in 10 seconds or would go on for round after round, uh, depending on the styles that matched up. And it was kind of the introduction of the Western Hemisphere, basically, to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and that, you know, that Northeast, uh, that North American, excuse me, introduction of something that we really weren't here in this in this country very much. So. Uh, it's one of those things where I think that when you see where boxing was maybe in 1980 something and you see where UFC is now and where boxing is, it's incredible. And it's the way the organization has been run and their ability to constantly put out content and constantly put out content people want to see. 
Yep. Uh, and over to the NBA we go in a very similar uh, fashion. The NBA yesterday, Joe, essentially saying that uh, because of the idea of them starting off uh, in 2000 and I guess 2021, and I, and I think it's pretty easy actually to figure out how many games the NBA is going to play. We don't really need to dive all that far into it. But essentially, here's the deal. However many games it requires for them to get their TV contract, we know that that's the amount of games that they're going to be playing. So my guess is somewhere around 70 games in 2020-21, uh, in which, by the way, is enough for the NBA. I don't think they need to have more than that. No, I don't think so either. And yet Major League Baseball is still double the regular season of any other sport. Not a third more double. I mean, it is... It's crazy how many more games Major League Baseball plays in a regular season compared to everything else. And even you were just saying just now, well, you know, we could shorten the NBA season a little bit. No one would really cry or worry about it. And I think you're right. I think that's just where we're at. It doesn't make it a bad thing. It just means we have more choices. And I read a fascinating piece uh, just yesterday about uh, the structure of the NFL and the NBA and their massive national television deals that they have by comparison to Major League Baseball. And that is also one of these things in terms of revenue that the NFL has, obviously in spades, the NBA has more of than Major League Baseball. And that's part of the reason why the MLB situation is drug on as long as it has. It's because of that national TV money that is there to support the other sports and there when they come back. But for baseball, it isn't. So gate actually matters a little bit more in baseball still because of the length of the schedule and because nationally it is not the same attended event on your TV screen. Tonight is the MLB draft. We'll have a preview of that coming up in just a little bit. We'll go through some of the picks and we'll also talk about the picks from last year and sort of where they stand. But uh, this is a really unique draft, Joe. It's a unique situation and, you know, certainly we'll have a recap of it uh, on tomorrow's show, at least the first few picks. But, I mean, very, very strange way to do a draft. Instead of having it 50 rounds or 60 rounds, it's all the way down to five. And they're going to basically, these kids who normally got drafted, a couple of things that have changed significantly because of the pandemic. The first thing, Joe, is that they were not able to play up until right now. Essentially, that's what was happening. They were playing in the College World Series. They missed almost three months of playing mm -hmm. time up until the draft. So they missed on that, out on that. And then they also miss out on the idea that as soon as they get drafted, normally they wait and then they sign. And then they, you know, they get shown off at their big league team somewhere. They take a few rounds of batting practice. And then they go to their minor league affiliate for some Gulf Coast League games or Arizona games. And in this case... They're probably not going to be able to do any of that this year. No. So unfortunately for these for these kids drafted tonight in the first five rounds, uh, their their ETA, I would say, to the big leagues is going to be stunted a little bit at the very least, I would say, six months to a year. Yeah, uh, that I think that's a really good argument, Craig. It's unfortunate, but I think it's true. It's the scenario we find ourselves in now with this uh, no minor league baseball scenario. And like you said, only five rounds of the draft, which is also why it's only five rounds, because there's nowhere else for these guys to go play. So what are we doing? And we'll see what it jumps back to next year. If it ever goes back to the same as the normal or not, depending on how many affiliates will be running for Major League Baseball. In yeah, the it's going to be like 20 rounds next year. About yeah, I, 20. is that that's that's your speculation or that's your gut? Oh, I mean, the people that the people that I talk to say it's it's the, the it will it will never be five rounds again. I mean, in all likelihood, it'll be 15. It could be 20, but 15, well, 20. I would say in this circumstance, too, where you don't have a college war series and you've seen some of these kids less. Doesn't this really favor with the small amount of picks and obviously, you know, the lack of seeing some of these kids on the big stage in the College World Series and some other, you know, special events that they usually have? Don't you think this really favors the organizations that have really good advanced scouting? You know, some of these teams that basically have lived and died like the Rays and uh, some other teams do come to mind, too, that have really just kind of nailed this whole thing in terms of making sure that you get these draft picks right. Do you think it's really going to favor these teams even more because they've got to see these kids even less? Well, I mean, the track record for the teams that draft well certainly speaks for itself. It's hard to say that that will change this year. I know that most of the scouting for most Major League Baseball teams is done way before now. So uh, there, there's no sort of freakout mode uh, for every scouting director who is running uh, his his team and his franchise, this thing, they have all of their material done by January or February. Like, they have it done. They've been scouting for a year on these kids. It's just, you know, sort of missing a few Friday nights of the main pitcher's pitch. I mean, that's kind of right. the one thing that you miss most is that well, usually a college— Well, do you say the pitchers get hurt more? 
Well, what happens is, uh, you know, in the the pitchers who are drafted like mm-hmm. that tonight, like uh, Asa Lacy and 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 uh, Garrett Crochet, who are going to get drafted tonight, mm-hmm. uh, that is the biggest missed uh, opportunity, and it's not huge because again, they're only basically pitching in college or let's just say even in high school once a week, and the best pitchers usually start off the weekend series in college baseball on a Friday night, so all of the scouts would go watch the same player on a Friday night. And so you have to ask yourself, like everyone has seen the same thing. It's the same player. You're not really missing out on anything. It's all the work that did that they did before the college season really got into the uh, late spring and into the summer. So, I mean, that, that doesn't really answer your question, uh, but basically the, the moral of the story is, is that don't look at this as that, the reason why they cut the draft down is because they didn't have a chance to look at the guys and there's no minor league teams. Cause that's right. just not the case. It's not the case. The case is, is that players, the major league players are getting paid to not play this year. They're not getting paid a lot, but they're getting paid. All of them are getting paid right now. All major league baseball players are getting paid in order for them to get their full salary. They have to play right now or their prorated salary. They have to play right now, which at this point they've chosen uh, not to, or at least they say that they should, or they're not. That's that's the whole other story. But because of the fact that Major League Baseball and the and the owner said, okay, we'll still pay the players something, even though they're not playing. But here's the trade-off: we're not having a draft this year. <laughs> we are going to eliminate all of the money after round five, all of the bonuses, and all the kids getting paid. And oh yeah, we're just going to allow you to sign guys for twenty thousand dollars, and that's it. There's Joe, there's players in the sixth and seventh round getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to not go right. to college and sign with it. It's all gone. Yeah. That all went to the major league players this year. That's why there's a five round draft. That's it. Yeah. College baseball is going to be exciting next year because there's a lot of guys are going to be going back there trying to uh, rebuild the stock, if you will. And like you said, instead of getting 20, you're going to try to take a shot for 100 next year and see what you can do. So. Uh, the college baseball player pool is going to be very good. And I would imagine also a lot of the high school kids, the same thing. You know, they're going to forego that opportunity of 20 grand and go play college baseball if they committed. So it's going to be fascinating to see so. how many guys will be so. out there. And it's going to be a larger number than we're used to. And I think it's good for college baseball. Again, I keep saying, I feel like college baseball is going to start to step in and almost become like a level of rookie ball, basically, where in terms of competition. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that will in a way, start to change the dynamic a little bit and allow Major League Baseball to do what they want to do, which is size down the minor leagues, which I think at this point, considering how fast some of these guys are reaching the major leagues, I think is a very fair point. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to dive into our fantasy sports birthdays and this day in fantasy sports. So stay tuned, Joe Pizapia and Craig Mish with you here on FST, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every single day, Monday through Friday. We're back in just two minutes. Don't go away. Stay on the grid. It's June 10th. It's time for this day in fantasy sports and our fantasy sports birthdays. And we're getting ready to knock this out as we, you know, sort of get to the middle of the month of June. We got a lot of get, lot to get to here, Joe. A lot of French Open, a lot of Belmont Stakes. It's, uh, it's a great time of the year. Your favorite time of the year, horse racing and French <laughs> Open. Well, I imagine some baseball stuff. I know, I think it was either today or yesterday was also the anniversary of the Bobby Valentine fake mustache, which... If you're a Met fan, it's equal parts embarrassing and entertaining. Uh, But it's something I will never forget. I remember watching that game as it happened and thinking to myself, he's not really doing that, is he? Is he really doing that? Oh, my God, he's really doing that. That's him. He's on the bench there in a T-shirt with eye black, fake eye black, making a mustache and glasses. And he thinks people aren't going to notice. Now, I understand when managers get thrown out, they're basically just calling the game from the clubhouse. And uh, like, I never understood that game, throw the manager out of the game. It's like, oh my goodness. And now you must leave the ballpark. It doesn't crap, right? They're in the clubhouse. They're in their office. They're calling the bullpen phone, whatever it is. Right. (laughs) But for him to come back out there. Oh my goodness. is one of the great moments in baseball slash worst moments in baseball for me anyway. Very funny. Very funny (laughs) moment. Yeah. Him sitting I mean, on the bench. Who there. else would do that, right? Like, is there anybody else you could think of but Bobby V that would do that? <laughs> no, and it'll live forever because he did. 
I guess. <laughs> I guess so. All right. This day in fantasy sports history for June the 10th, Nancy Lieberman plays in a USBL game. Of course, this was a men's game as well. And now she is in the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame as well. Uh, Nancy Lieberman, known Joe as one of the top uh, women's basketball players, if not basketball players of all time, and uh, and certainly transcended the sport. Some people also uh, look at her as really the one that got the idea uh, for eventually starting the WNBA that got started uh, as well. And I'm glad that they have the WNBA because really there was no place for these girls to go outside of the Olympics after they got done with playing college basketball. And now the WNBA has certainly, it's had its ups and downs, but it's been able to support. Uh, yeah, it's lasted. I, I think a lot of people didn't think the WNBA would last as long as it has. And, and I'm glad that it has. I think we need more professional women's sports out there. And it's nice to see, you know, in professional women's soccer, we have uh, some, we have obviously the WNBA and, and I think it's important. I mean, at this point in time, I don't know about you, but like, I know like when world cup and things come on, I much prefer to watch, the women's world cup and, and root for them. Not that, usually because the men's team isn't very good in the United States, but still I, I prefer the women's soccer to the men's soccer. I don't know why I just like the game. I feel like there's a little less flopping to be honest with you. I just said for what it's worth. I think well, I, mean, a little I, bit more I, could go, I could go with both of it, but I, but, but the women's team is elite and they play very yeah. well. Every, every And maybe that's years, what it is. So. I just respect the execution so much. Uh, and, and I would like to see more, you know, I know there's been some recent challengers to UConn in the last few years more so, but you know, I'd like to see that kind of talent spread out a little bit. I think it would be good for women's basketball in college to have some, you know, more teams challenge UConn, you know, more readily every year. I think well, that Baylor's would be has been pretty good. I was that recently, recently, yeah. but there was a run there for about a decade where it was the foregone conclusion. And that's not good for the sport. You got to start getting some other programs and building them up. And it's tough because that's the dream, right? If you're a female basketball player, go play for UConn. Yeah, Gino Oriam, a great coach there for many yeah. years. Uh, 1986, Bart Giamatti, rest in peace, becomes commissioner of Major League Baseball. And, and pretty much Bart Giamatti is, I mean, he was very well respected, very well liked around the players and the union. But to this day, he's sort of only known for, or remembered at least, for one thing, and that's banning Pete Rose. I mean, that's essentially, when you mention Bart Giamatti, the other name that he's linked to is always Pete Rose. Yeah, and he passed away shortly after. He's also president of Yale and his Son Paul Giamatti has had quite the acting career. So Great it's, career. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know he was a he was a wonderful man, Bart Giamatti, a, a wonderful mind. He wrote one of my favorite things about baseball, and he says baseball breaks your heart. It's designed to break your heart. The game begins in the spring when everything else begins, and it blossoms in the summer, filling the afternoons and evenings. And then as soon as the chill rains come, it stops and leaves you to face the fall alone. Now that's a commissioner of baseball right there. That's that's somebody I want running my ship right now. And but I don't know how we've kind of uh, fallen off from that kind of times. But what a brilliant, articulate man! And uh, many people say the stress of that Pete Rose situation kind of broke his heart literally, and the stress of that and the weight of it. And what is it like three or four days later after that announcement, he had passed away of the heart attack. It was in the same week, yeah. I recall. Just Crazy. that was a horrible story. Just stunning, and you know, and. Uh, just, it's sad because I would like to have seen what Bart Giamatti could have done with that job. Yep. Faye Vincent took over from that point forward. Yeah. 1997, uh, Kevin Brown, who went over to the Marlins and helped them win a World Series in 1997 as well. Joe, one of the toughest guys that you ever would come in contact with. This guy had his game face on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and really, when you look back on it now, look, I mean, I don't I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. But I got to tell you, like, there's going to be we're going to look at this. Years down the line, he pitched in the steroid era as well. And we're going to say, man, Kevin Brown, his numbers probably stack up against some really good pitchers that end up getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think what hurts Kevin Brown is actually that enormous contract he signed with the Dodgers, where he, at the time, he signed and everyone was like, wow, it's a lot of money. But, you know, Kevin Brown's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I think his tenure in Los Angeles didn't quite live up to the expectation of the contract. And unfortunately, like you said, steroid error or whatever else you want to put in there, I think it kind of all declined a little bit. And I remember the end of his career, too. I was trying to remember. I was like, I feel like he played with the Yankees. And he did. did. Those last two years, I just went to verify it. You know, I didn't want to go full Joe Ranieri on you and say, did he play for the Yankees? Did he play because, for the Yankees? <laughs> because I didn't. I know you have scars from that. You've told me the stories. But I was pretty sure he did. I kind of remember that. But, I mean, even some of his Dodger years, you know, looking back on it, there were some up and down. But. Man, he had back-to-back -back years with a sub-2-7 ERA. That's, that's pretty darn good there when you think about it. 
but I guess seven, seven All Stars, two hundred eleven yeah. wins, and and two thousand four hundred strikeouts. Tell me how many pitchers right now in Major League Baseball end up with that? You can't. It's, no. It's, it, I, I, I'm I'm telling you, at some point they'll look back on his career, a veterans committee of some kind, and he will get consideration. And the strikeout to walk ratio is over two and a half for his career. He was a phenomenal pitcher. He, really he just was. was very he was very unlikable. Another guy who played on a million teams. And so it's like when you think of Kevin Brown, like what do you, what team do you think? Of? I oh, always like, think of the Rangers first, but I mean, I think of the Rangers. He won a World Series I know, with the Marlins. He but it's went never to the World one Series I think of. The Padres. I know. I know. I know. I, I, but, you probably, and you probably shouldn't because he was only there two years. But it's like the guy was the ace of every staff he was on for 15 was. years. So. He was. Uh, speaking of Hall of Famers coming up this year, uh, Omar Vizquel either gets in or gets a little bit closer. Omar Vizquel uh, is one of four players in Major League Baseball history to homer in four decades. He did this in 2010. I was not aware of this. Uh, the other three are Ted Williams, Willie McCovey, and Ricky Henderson. And I think Henderson wouldn't come as a surprise to anybody because he yeah. played for so long. But uh, that's a that's a pretty amazing feat, Omar Vizquel, in the same sentence of Ted Williams, Willie McCovey, and Ricky Henderson. I, I think in a way it's almost it's it says two things. Number one, Vizquel played a long period of time, but he also came up at the very right time and said goodbye at the very right time for another just to happen. Because I don't think he's nearly the player that any of those other guys are. But you know, well, I mean, Ricky Ricky was the one I was going to guess before he even you know went through it. The other three, I was actually. McCovey was the one that was a little surprising for me, too. I wouldn't have realized that it was... Uh, and McCovey finished with the Padres at the end, so... Right. It's one of these fluky things where you have to play for 20-plus years, and you have to basically start at the end of a decade and trickle in your very end of your career into a new one. Yeah. So it's a little fluky thing, but still, that's a heck of a good company for Omar Vizquel really and Hall of Fame company. And you know what? I think that's where he belongs, too, because defense matters in baseball. Can we please open our eyes to understanding it's not all about home runs and baseball? Omar Vizquel, how many games did he impact? How many moments, how many runs did he save with that glove? I can't even begin to tell you. One of the best there is and one of the most respected guys in that era, too. Like, you talk to any player, I'm sure you've talked to so many, and they'll talk about Omar Vizquel, Omar Vizquel, and how many guys he influenced that are playing right now in Major League Baseball. So I'd love to see him get in the Hall of Fame someday. Uh, could be this year, maybe next. 2012, Maria Sharapova, one of the greats, wins her first French Open, and then we stop there with this day in fantasy sports history. All right, so now over to uh, the birthdays. Let's wish a happy birthday this day in fantasy sports, June the 10th in 1947. Ken Singleton, really good player for a long time with the Baltimore Orioles and now an announcer for the Yankees. On the I was going to say, and the Yankees. <laughs> I'm going to go full Renee on you. <laughs> and the Yankees. Uh, 1951, Dan Fouts, one of the more underappreciated quarterbacks in the NFL, who basically was, was you know, Dan Fouts was Drew Brees. He was Phillip Rivers. I mean, he was all, I mean, Rodgers. He was the guy that was throwing for all these yards at a time where a lot of quarterbacks didn't do it. It was just Fouts and then Marino. And so, I mean, he gets forgotten a lot how good he uh, was. Incredible. He had a stretch there, 4,082, 4715 in 1980, where nobody was coming close to that. 4,802 uh, and 81. Uh, and then obviously uh, the next year he only played nine games, unfortunately, but still, still had some pretty darn good uh, numbers here in '82. Actually, that must have been the strike year. Is that possible? Yeah, that sounds okay. So the strike year, that's why, because it has a league leader there too. So Eric Goriel offense. I mean, he was throwing for 4,000 yards before throwing for 4,000 yards was cool. And then after that, you get, of course, Marino coming into the NFL and you know being the first guy, the rookie, to throw for 4,000 yards. And you know the rest is history there with the NFL, but. Dan Fouts, another one of these guys, man, when you look back in the era he played, if he was playing in the 90s, 2000s, or even now, I can't imagine how good he would be. And I think he deserves a little bit more credit when people talk about great quarterbacks because, like you said, he was doing something nobody else was doing in that era and that offense. And I think Don Coryell should be recognized, too. I know he's been a finalist many times for the NFL Hall of Fame, but I think whenever you have an impact on the game where you change the way the game is played so dramatically – I think that matters, and I think the only reason that team did not win a Super Bowl is because of that one year they had to go to Pittsburgh. They were dominating everybody, and they had to go to Pittsburgh, and it was minus 17, I think it was, for that playoff game in Pittsburgh. There was no way a team from San Diego was going to go and win a game in Pittsburgh in minus 17. It was a terrible, sloppy, awful, difficult game, low scoring, and next thing you know, another uh, Steelers Super Bowl, and the, uh, they missed their window here, unfortunately, for the Chargers. 
1982, uh, figure skater Tara Lipinski. Happy birthday to Tara. 1983, a pretty good running back for a number of years, Marion Barber III with the Dallas Cowboys. And then uh, had one year in Chicago where he was known for running out of bounds and giving the ball back to Tim Tebow, who ended up uh, getting a <laughs> wild win. That's all I remember Marion Barber for, honestly. Uh, and then 1988, uh, Jeff Teague, really good NBA player with the Atlanta Hawks for many years. Then he left and then came back, still playing right now. Uh, with the Atlanta Hawks. So happy birthday to uh, all of those uh, players and people in fantasy sports. And so, uh, Joe, we uh, don't have the stellar list of fantasy today, unfortunately. No, well, no. I mean, Mary, no, Mary and Barbara had some moments. I mean, well, Dan Fouts is really. stellar. Uh, but Dan Mary Fouts Barber, is the cream of the crop today for us. He is absolutely the cream of the crop. But you know, on a, on Aaron a, Lipinski actually is a gold medalist too. So I should. Okay, well, there you go. But Mary and Barbara, do you remember the... Uh, the other guy he shared the backfield with that uh, people were Felix always arguing about. That's right. Well done, Craig Mish. Felix Jones. I thought it was Jones and McFadden. Well, no. Although they were at Arkansas together. Oh, they were at Arkansas. Okay. Yeah. No. It was Marion Barber and Felix Jones. A little thunder and lightning. Felix there. Jones and McFadden. All right. Uh, <laughs> coming up next, Howard Bender is going to join us from Fantasy Alarm. We'll catch up with Howard. Don't go away. More fantasy sports today right after this. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today as we check in on the world that is fantasy. Of course, you catch us every single day, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. But on satellite radio, you can hear Howard Bender and Jim Bowden every single day on the Fantasy Alarm show. And certainly they're talking fantasy, reality, gambling, life, everything else. And uh, Howard and I are good friends. We've been good friends for a long time. I thought this would be a good uh, time to just catch up and see how life is with the uh, fearless leader of Fantasy Alarm and FantasyAlarm.com. Howard Bender is with us here. Howard, good to see you again. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well, Craig. Thanks so much. You're um, you're catching me on a salty day, Craig. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> if you wanna, if you wanna catch up with me, well, it's gonna get a little, it's gonna get a little froggy in here. But you know, if you just wanna. You know, stick to sports and stuff like that. I'm I'm good there too. Yeah. Well, listen. We'll we'll uh, we'll, we'll go around a little bit. Uh, first of all, before we get into sports in general, uh, I know that you you know certainly you have uh, your wife and the dogs that you that you take care of, and and you're you know, running a fantasy site, a premium site that uh, is essentially the top of the world in terms of doing what you guys do. What has it been like uh, for you uh, running uh, Fantasy Alarm for the last three months and What's it been like for the people who subscribe to your site, who are basically like messaging and emailing? I know you guys, you guys have a lot of other things going on besides football, baseball, basketball. We'll get to that. Uh, but what's it been like for you personally? I think people would love to know. I mean, it's definitely been a challenge. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's it's making lemonade out of lemons is, is what I keep saying, because, you know, you do. You have to you have to create content kind of out of thin air. Um, I mean, fortunately, we've, we've been getting a little bit of help on the uh, on the major sports side. Uh, because the NFL is continuing as always. And, you know, they had the draft and we were, you know, a big part of that coverage. And, um, you know, things like Dalvin Cook saying that he's going to hold out or keeping everybody on their toes. We're running a bunch of best ball drafts right now because you might as well uh, do that. And, hey, thanks to the MLB owners, we've got somebody to uh, to really, you know, treat as a whipping boy. Uh, right now and to really just just really hate on people and, and I think that that's uh, that's kind of helping us out here um, if anything it's kind of given us a, a little bit of a, an opportunity uh, so to speak you know because we've got guys who usually specialize in a lot of DFS content and with no sure. DFS outside of MMA or NASCAR uh, these guys are, are champing at the bit looking to do more and more things so we've actually been able to create a lot more live stream content uh, you know 3 p.m. Eastern Every day of the week, seven days of the week, you can go uh, to our YouTube page or our Fantasy Alarm homepage or something like that, and you can catch a, a video, half hour long, uh, hour long, and uh, and and all the topics are, uh, you know, in an array. I think one of the things that, that we know about this industry right now is 
the people who are surviving, the people who are thriving, you know, I wouldn't, nobody's really thriving. Yeah, so that's a tough word. Yeah. People who are surviving, more or less, are the ones who have a creative edge, people who uh, can kind of think outside the box and come up with uh, a variety of different things to do. And I think that's really kind of what's helped Fantasy Alarm the most is that there is a lot of creativity flowing in and out of this. Uh, you know, this group as far as content goes. So we're never really at a loss to talk about something. Sure. And we do that here on this show too. It's been, you know, a lot of retro, but we're kind of over that now. We're moving on to, you know, hoping for getting some sports back. And, you know, one of the sports, I'm curious if this sport or any of the other sports that you have gotten into are sort of what you've done to pass the time aside from your work life. And I know that that dominates 23 hours of the day, but maybe let's call it the one day of the 24th. Uh, you know, Matt Sells, who appears every week on this show, breaking down NASCAR, you know, NASCAR has been bringing in crazy uh, viewership. And, and, and I know that he's done a great job on the DFS model that you have had. Uh, you know, certainly we had Mike Alexander on the show talking UFC, uh, you know, the, the KBO is going on. And I bring these up, Howard, because I know that while you are not into them, you're always willing to expand your horizons. Have you decided that you were going to jump into these things? Or have you basically said, you know, something, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do something else during my time? Because I think everybody, you know, handles this this differently. Some people have jumped into the other sports and some people are kind of like, oh, you know what, I'll I'll continue to focus on what I know. I, I tend to continue to focus on what I know. You know, one of the things that, you know, with 40 million people unemployed, uh, you know, in this country right now, I want to be able to give the guys who are, you know, experts in the sports or specialists in the sports the opportunity to really shine themselves. Like that's kind of always been my thing is that, you know, you call it like a coaching tree type thing. Um, you know, I was a grinder for years and years and years, and I've got to gotten to the point of where I am in my career that I want to see guys underneath me really blossom and, you know, to see the guys who can take that opportunity. Um, have I watched NASCAR more since being in quarantine? Yeah. Have I watched a little bit of more MMA? No, actually, I haven't. You know, guys beating <laughs> up on each other inside the octagon doesn't really do it for me. Um, I've watched a little bit of PGA. Um, mm -hmm. It's really kind of funny because, I, you know, we actually just built out an esports department. And while I'm not playing those games... I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm reading all the content for things like Call of Duty and, uh, you know, Counter-Strike and League of Legends, uh, that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm expanding my own personal horizons, but for the sake of our subscribers and stuff, I'm kind of backing out. I've got, you know, so many poker tournaments on Poker Stars right now, Craig. I mean, that's oh, really good for you. See, that's well, really listen, where all my time is. <laughs> listen, you know, the one thing that I'll say, I, I told Joe this, uh, you know, previously too, and I would say the same thing is that anything that kind of, you know, spends time right now and makes you happy, how, whatever it is, whether it's hobby or something financial, I'm all for it uh, to get through this because eventually this is all going to end. And we're going to be bombarded with more work than we can even handle this fall with just about every uh, sport, you know, potentially coming back. Um, one of which we're sort of waiting on definitive word here is Major League Baseball. The draft is tonight, Wednesday night. And I know that that is not uh, something for fantasy that is really all that relevant because a number of those players we won't even see. Uh, normally, we wouldn't see them for three years. Maybe it'd even be longer than that because they're not going to get a chance. Any of these kids, usually what they do is they go to the, the Gulf Coast League or some rookie league to play, and they're going to lose uh, any of that opportunity, and they haven't been on a field in four months. Um, with baseball, I mean, you were really, you know, like me, but you more vocal, you were, uh, you know, really championing the idea that anybody that did a fantasy league, you know, should have to do it over. It was met with unbelievable debate and cynicism, and boy, you come out of this one looking you know exactly spot on there's no shot of a hundred game season i don't know that there's a shot of an 80 game season uh, what, what does a commissioner do at this point running a fantasy baseball league where you've had the draft already i, I think it, i mean what what can you do well i mean again my my stance is if you've drafted already throw it out i mean just throw it out and set up some time listen you've got you've got time right now you've got the the rest of the month of june probably have a week or two into July based on the way everything's going, but you need to do a redraft. It doesn't like, listen, if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league and you know, it's just, it's a, it's a rookie draft or, or whatever the, the style is that you're doing. 
and you've done it already, okay, fine. And then just proceed as, as you can because, you know, those rosters for the most part have already been, you know, carried sure. over from year to year. But if you're in a redraft league, I mean, it's garbage. It's absolutely garbage. You can't tell me that a strategy that you employed back in February or even in, you know, early March – um, that, that's, it's, it's done. It's over. If you drafted in, in, at the end of March, thinking still that you were going to get this 115 game, 120 game, uh, you know, or even an 82 game season, if you drafted then with that knowledge and, and now it goes down to 50, you could probably, you could probably hold it over, but it's still, it's my feeling that, you know, just dump it because I mean, it's just really, I mean, you know, we're seeing we've been running mock drafts uh, through the mock draft army still. And it's amazing what you see. You see all the elite starters are starting to fall down a little bit more. You know, you got Cole and DeGrom in the first round. But now all of a sudden, I, mean, I just did a draft the other day. There were Scherzer was a third round pick. Wow. And, yeah, I was going to I was going to ask you about that. Like in, in the mock drafts, what uh, it's a great segue. So is that the biggest change? Is pitching falling? I, I mean, this is new for me. So you would know based on the education of people doing mocks. Pitching, basically, what you're saying has slipped like across the board? Starting pitching is definitely starting to slip. I mean, let's let's put it this way. Like, this is the best comparison that I made. You take Shane Bieber and you take Jake Odorizzi, right? Mm -hmm. Very similar ERAs, very similar K per nine. Why is Bieber taken in the third round and Jake Odorizzi is left to the eighth round? Uh, because Bieber's going to throw about 50 to 60 more innings, and you're going to see a better strikeout total there. What are guys going to do? In a 50-game season, all of these guys are going to sit there and go get 10 starts? Nobody's going to be able to sit there and, and do that, and not to mention the fact that you know, you're just going to see so much mixing and matching going on that you know nobody's going to throw their starters. You know, I'm sorry, there's just not going to be a guy who's going to go out there and throw nine innings each game. So what I'm starting to see right now is people are softening up on the elite starters. You still get some people who just have to have Degrom or they have to have Garrett Cole, but I'm starting to see that next group of guys start to slip a little bit into the third round. While this is going on, closers are actually rising up on draft boards. A really? Lot. Why is yeah, that? I mean. I saw Josh Hader go in the fifth round. Um, oh. Hader, Chapman, um, you know, Osuna, those guys are starting to creep up because their job security in a 50-game season is a little bit better than what it usually is. Because, yeah, yeah, that's you know, a fair point. I didn't think about that. And yeah. what you're starting to see now is that that next tier of closers, that tier three, tier four, they're starting to creep up even further as well. So starters are coming down. Closers are coming up, but I mean, let's face it, for the majority of uh, those first five, six rounds, you're, you're stockpiling as many elite bats as you possibly can. Yeah, I, I want to bring you back uh, after we break here uh, just for a, a quick chat about football here. Uh, before we do that, um, for somebody who notoriously, no offense, has participated in too many fantasy baseball leagues oh, yeah. and always whines about it afterwards, you know it's yes. true. Uh, assuming in the next 24, 48 hours, we get word that baseball's coming back and let's call it somewhere in the 50 to 70 game range. Cause I think that's, what's going to happen. How many drafts will Howard Bender be involved in season long drafts, assuming you're doing them all over again? How many will you want to participate in? Well, uh, maybe two or three. I, I think that's a sweet spot. Yeah. At I think the most. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, in the league, you know, you play in, in the NL with me, you've done it for years. I mean, I'm fighting with that, like thinking, should we do it? I mean, I can't charge the same amount of money. I mean, I know that it's a half a season or even less. And is it worth it? You know, it's like some of these debates that go on. But uh, look, there's no debating what is coming up very soon. And of course, uh, Joe and I have been talking football. We've gone on uh, some of the totals and FanDuel and certainly Howard on his show was talking about that. Uh, look, the bottom line is what is next for us in fantasy? What is next for sports grid what is next for fantasy alarm what can we do in in june and july and as a fantasy player out there is it simply put do you wait or are there other opportunities we'll ask a guy who has been running fantasy alarm for many many years howard benders with us and we'll be right back with him after this two-minute break right here on sports grid as we dive back in don't forget follow howard on twitter at rotobuzzguy follow me on twitter at craig mish we are sports grid at sports grid and we're back with howard bender right after this
we are back here on Sports Grid. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and our guest Howard Bender, who joins us back here for another segment on today's show. We're here till 1 o'clock Eastern. Of course, Joe Pizzapia will join us in just a few minutes as we go back over some odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook, of course, in the NFL. And speaking of which, Howard, this is a really dicey time, I know, for us because we, we love baseball. We know that football drives the bus. We're all, we're all very aware as to how this works. Uh, but simply put, I know that you have your draft guide, uh, you know, out or coming out soon. I apologize. I'm not sure. Maybe it's out already. Um, what what is what is your plan here with with football? Simply put, for fantasy alarm, are you going to give this another day or two to see what happens with baseball? Are you guys going to dive more into the NBA coming back in July? Is it predicated on baseball coming back or not? I feel like you guys follow more or less a set schedule of how you roll out your products every single year. Does that change now with things that are going on? How are you guys doing that? Um, we actually, we just launched uh, our NFL draft guide yesterday, actually, which uh, was uh, actually, believe it or not, only a week earlier than we did it last year. So, you know, we tend to, you know, we tend to do that. You know, I've got enough guys who want to write football that are working on the draft guide with me right now. Um, all my all my baseball guys, for lack of a better way to put it, are all sitting in the bullpen. They're all warmed up. I got a couple of guys who are doing some KBO stuff. I got one guy who's reaching, you know, who's researching the Japanese league right now. Um, <laughs> you know, to be able to just kind of do that for DFS. I mean, listen, everybody's Jones and so bad for DFS right now that we have to make yeah. sure that we maintain that. Um, if baseball announces that they're gonna they're gonna do it. Our MLB draft guide has already been out. It's already been in there. We've been constantly making adjustments to it, tweaking. And uh, as soon as they announce the number of games, then I'll dive right back into the rankings and I'll, you know, make the adjustments there. I'll fix that ultimate cheat sheet to, you know, put it as far as strategies go for a shortened season. And, and we're already ready to go for baseball. So as soon as baseball announces, we're right there for you. No problem at all. Um, have we been doing more football content lately um, because of the situation? Yeah. I mean, we've put out positional previews for the NFL since the, the draft happened. As soon as the draft happened, we switched gears and we started doing more and more of that. But I've already got guys who are, are all geared up, ready to go for NBA and NHL DFS. Write-ups already happening there. Uh, best bets for wageralarm.com uh, for all that to happen. So, you know, we're, I mean, did we jump into football a little early because that's A, what drives the bus and B, the only thing that was uh, going on? Sure. But our MMA stuff, our, our PGA, our NASCAR stuff, that's been rolling along. We even, we even started dabbling with a little boxing. There's a card. Really? Coming, there's a card that's tonight. Impressive. There's a card tonight and James Grande is a huge boxing fan. Uh, asked me if uh, if I'd be interested in him covering boxing. I'm like, of course okay. I'm interested in you covering boxing. Why why wouldn't I? It's so, like when somebody approaches you at this point and says, hey, listen, I think that I have a bead on anything. You know, why not just add the content? And that's you know what's what we've done here at Sports Grid too. I mean, look, we got to adjust, and you know certainly that's part of it. Uh, what happens in um, in later in June and usually into July is is what, what some people call the best ball season. And for people who are watching the show, they could be complete novices and not even understand. I, well, I, I feel like we take it for granted that people are watching and they just know everything. And I, I think that people don't. So a, a brief explanation is a best ball is not the standard fantasy football format where you're getting all your buddies together in a room and you guys are doing a draft. Uh, this is essentially... Yeah, I guess you kind of are getting everybody on all your buddies in the room and you're doing a draft, except for you're not touching your team over the course of the whole season, meaning you can't make any moves. There's no ad drops and things of that nature. So that gives you an idea. Um, what, what do you think that season holds for us in 2020? Because they're essentially, Howard, up until the point where they take the field for training camp, there's essentially no news cycle outside of a guy like you mentioned in the previous segment, like Cook holding out. Maybe we'll get the same thing with Nixon. I think we're going to get that soon, too. But uh, but outside of that, there's no, this guy's looking good in mini camps, and this rookie is getting ready. And, you know, we, we sort of, in the fantasy community, from a football point of view, we kind of live off that stuff. Yeah, we do live off that stuff, which is why everything gets completely overblown, uh, you know, the slightest news item. Uh, Julian Edelman's been working out with Jared Stidham. Oh, my Lord, that's going to boost <laughs> Julian Edelman up on my, on my board right now. 
you know, I mean, so everybody's really just salivating over every, it's like, like, you know, wandering through the desert for 40 years and all of a sudden somebody offers you a cracker and you're just like, ah. I, by, by the way, I saw that, uh, I saw the guy who tweeted out uh, the other day that uh, fantasy, fa fantasy people take note, there will be no, uh, nothing happening until training camp on July 17th. And you're like, yeah, so what? Like, big deal. Fantasy take note of what? <laughs> Exactly. Right. Well, that was, you know, that was the thing there. I mean, it's because, yeah, I mean, it was that was a it was a it was a tweet that Adam Schefter made uh, basically saying nothing, basically saying what everybody knew was like, oh, well, the next time that all these players are going to be in camp will be the start of training camp. Thanks. Thank appreciate yeah, that. Appreciate it. You know, like, I mean, it is the owners take note. The season will start in September. Okay. <laughs> I'll be sure I'll be ready by then. But I mean, um, that's okay. that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, listen, the Dalvin Cook news yesterday that just sent shockwaves through the fantasy community it because be a surprise. Is anybody really surprised though? Honestly, oh, no. you know I mean, that you know disgusting. that Joe Mixon's next. Mixon's uh, next. It's, it's, well, Mixon announced that a while ago. He he said that he was talking right. about holding out. So you know, obviously for fantasy purposes, you want to know for best ball drafts, are you going to take Dalvin Cook at the fourth or fifth pick where he's been going for the most part are you gonna you know are you gonna let him fall how far do you let him go and yeah i mean i actually i, I you know um got into it with adam ronis a little bit about it because i was like well how how you know how far would you let him fall before you were like oh, i'm just gonna grab him if you're drafting he's like i'm not drafting right now well yeah i get that hypothetically though well nobody's drafting right now so you can't even say hypothetical yeah i can say it's hypothetical so let's just you know talk to me about that and he's like, well, nobody's drafting in high stakes right now. Are you drafting a high stakes money league right now? I'm like, no, I'm not. So, like, you've got some people who just don't want to even remotely talk about it because it's not big news because it's here in early June. And then you've got people who are just saying, well, you know what? Bob from accounting, who just discovered best ball for the first time, is like a, like a newborn baby, you know, and his eyes opening up for the first time. And it's like, I get to draft and not have any in-season maintenance whatsoever? Well, that sounds like fun. You're telling me for 10 bucks I can draft, you know, a league? Oh, I'm totally doing that. So, you know, you have to cater to those people sure, right now who are actually doing these best ball drafts. I was actually talking to a, a company that uh, runs best ball drafts, and they turned to me and they were like, we were blown away. We thought there was an accounting error. But we're doing three times the numbers right now than we at this time than we were last year, because nobody has anything to do. I know, and that and that's and that's why I see uh, Ronus's side of it, and I see your side of it too, because he is right. If you you know consider yourself someone that cares about money and plays in high stakes, and you really care about the outcomes of these things, there is no reason to be have excess income, and ten dollars isn't going to set you back, and it'll occupy you for three hours. Who am I to tell you not to do? any kind of draft you could do a best ball hockey as far as i'm concerned i don't i don't care whatever uh, you know fills the time for you right now you said it's poker and for all of us it's different things family or you know just sort of uh, you know getting by i mean that's that's kind of the way that we go about it uh all right so uh let, let's just kind of end with this what would what would be like your main uh you know for the mock draft army people who are going to jump into doing fantasy football let's say at this point june and july what would be the main takeaway that you'd like to leave uh, all of our watchers here at sports grid for fantasy for the next couple of months is there i have not looked at all i have not <laughs> dove in at all i could i mean i i you know that by the time fantasy football season starts up i will be 100 percent ready and and win and hoping to win and hoping to help people win but i could not tell you right now if there is a trend or not. So break it down for me. Uh, the trend right now is uh, very similar to what it's been in the in years past, and that is all sorts of running backs. If you're in a 12-team draft that first round, chances are is that at least nine running backs are going to be taken in that first round with a few uh, wide receivers trickling in. Uh, but as Craig and I have proudly said uh, over the last, I don't know how many years, but we've both said it, we know nothing right now. It is June. And let's face facts, the Mixon and, and Dalvin Cook information that you just got right now only goes to prove to you that maybe you shouldn't be investing too heavily in running backs right now. Maybe it is better to take a bunch of wide receivers. So right now the trend says running back heavy, uh, but the news is now saying 
you might want to start thinking about those tight ends and those wide receivers a little bit more. Yeah, and and the other thing that happened uh, last year, which basically derailed anybody who made any claim about anything in June, July, or August, is the fact that the number two or three quarterback ranked in fantasy football retired the week before the season. I mean, you know, that uh, that kind of threw uh, a monkey wrench into everything for sure. Um, all right, so uh, uh, in, in terms of you, let's let's leave uh, you know our people with this. Uh, your you know fantasy alarm is still you know obviously very much up and running, operational. I know that you guys are doing a great job getting out all of your content and everything else. Uh, for people who want to log on to Fantasy Alarm, as you mentioned, you have your football guide uh, football guide live, and uh, you guys are covering all sports, as you mentioned, KBO. NASCAR, you're doing everything just like we are. I mean, we we are sort of competitors in a way, but we are more friends than anything else. So I don't really feel that way about it. And that's why I like bringing you on, because I really appreciate all the things that you do. And certainly uh, I am looking forward to working with you again, Howard, coming up in the fall, uh, provided we have football. I think we will. But provided that we have football in college and pro, uh, I, I can't wait for it. You know, our live streams, it should be a lot of fun. So thank you again for coming on. And vice versa. I got to tell you, you know what? I mean, I think there's there's plenty of meat on the bone still that Sports Grid, Fantasy Alarm can work together. And yeah, we might be competitors, but, you know, wouldn't it be nicer if we could just all live harmoniously and make things happen together? I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. I agree with that. All right. Howard Bender at RotoBuzzGuy. Follow him on Twitter at Fantasy Alarm for all the latest in the world of fantasy. And uh, that's Howard Bender joining us here on fantasy sports today we're going to take a quick time out we appreciate howard's time here on this show but we got plenty more to come here on the program joe pizapia jumps back in the big chair with me as we carry you out until one o'clock on the east we got scott farrell coming up a little bit later make sure you catch his show coast to coast game morency and in game live all of our great programming including sports grid radio make sure you follow like and subscribe to our show on our youtube channel we'll be back with a whole lot more right here on fst after this quick time out don't go away <laughs> 